You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-week hist podcast. Each week I read story, friend, Dave Anthony. To Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the intro or topic is about. What the hell's going on? So people are just supposed to figure out what this podcast is. Um, if this is the first time you're listening, I want to apologize for Gareth. Why? We'll be right back. What the hell are you talking about? God, do you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary, Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Shout it out, dog. 1872. All right. Salvation Army member James McCabe Jr. Quote, there are 10,000 children living on the streets of New York. The newsboys constitute an important division of this army of homeless children. You see them everywhere. They rip the air and deafen you with their shrill cries. Oh, my God. They surround you on the sidewalk and almost force you to buy their papers. They are ragged and dirty. They have no coats, no shoes, and no hat. Oh, God. Enough with hats. Animals! They're hatless beasts! No shoes and hats are offensive. How can we allow hatless children to run about? There's just 10,000 screaming children running all over town, mosh-pitting it up. I propose a law that we be able to shoot hatless children. Uh, Well, yes. They don't have hats, sir. Get get rid of them. Why don't they run around with their genitals out? What's the difference? Yeah. Okay. We're going to tell the audience you're leaving. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Another New York City reformer, quote, There used to be a mass of them at the Atlas office sleeping in the lobbies until the printers drove them away by pouring water on them. Oh, my God. What are they, gremlins? (laughs) No, that would make more. Oh, God, more! That's not a good idea. Okay. You know how that works, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, don't put water on them. Okay. I mean, although if you... No, but if you've seen what happens, it's pretty funny. Yeah, but do, just do you, little balls start shooting off the original. Yeah, gremlin. but do you want that with little homeless kids? Uh, now I'm just thinking about gremlins, and I do want it because I'm thinking of the second gremlins, and there were quite a lot of quirky little gremlins. <laughs> in the second People one. really like the second one. Well, you get a bunch of new gremlins. I mean, nothing against uh, Mogwai or whatever his name was, Mogwai. but but you know Mogwai. What was it? Uh, he's laughing at us. Gizmo. 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 Who well, was Mogwai? <laughs> Mogwai is the form that they are when they're hairy. <laughs> I mean, this just got super D&D. This is a gremlin podcast. Like this, there's no way he doesn't play d and I mean, that got really... <laughs> Aaron has a gremlin. He's going to that shop where that weird dude was like, there is one thing I have. <laughs> um, so uh, by pouring water on them. One winter, an old burnt-out safe lay on Wall Street which was used as a bedroom by two boys who managed to crawl into the hole that had been uh, burned. Two boys in a safe house. First of all, that's a 
How? Why is there a burned-out safe? Number one. Also, two kids living in it. Secondly, the little kids crawl. Boy, this place really opens up once you're inside. (laughs) Yeah, but so back then they just would go. Well, there's a safe. Who's gonna do anything about that? Nothing. Oh, dibs. We gotta leave it now. It's a house. Oh wow. I'm gonna put a fence out front. We're gonna have company over tonight. We're making goulash. The typical newsy street seller brought a bundle of 100 papers for cash. Right, okay. so they would go. The newspaper guy would come, take that. Right, hundred papers, then they go sell them. Okay, they made their living off the difference between the price they paid and the price they sold the papers for. And they're allowed to set said price. No. Okay. In large cities, publishers would sometimes put out several editions a day. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, but if you think about it. Think about how we are on Twitter with news That's or exactly on it. whatever. I mean, you are constantly refreshing something two hours ago is old at this point. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so they're cranking them out. Um, this resulted in frequent struggles over whether newsboys could return unsold copies for credit. Right. right. My so, guess is no. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. Yeah. It's a fucking company. Why yeah, would they? Right. Well, no, then we wouldn't make as much money. Well, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair, and and fair is right. Publishers insisted the newsies were independent operators. Or, quote, little merchants. Little merchants? Is it a Saturday afternoon show? It's fucking Uber. Yeah, I mean, honestly. It's the same thing. Oh, my God. Uh, But the papers fixed the price, so they're independent operators. They're independent operators, but they can't set their own price, right? Right, so they're not independent operators. So they're not independent, which is... The same thing with Uber, and the, they right. can't right. set the price. So they're not actually independent. They're partners. Well, no, you're independent when it comes to how you're getting paid. How how are they getting paid? Terribly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they don't set the price for the papers. They're assigned territories and street corners. So the newspaper is telling where they can sell them. Well, I mean, yeah, sure and then how much you can deal with law as well. <laughs> They would also try to require newsboys to take more papers than they could sell. Okay. Some lived in lodging houses. Some lived in safes. <laughs> Some, <laughs> the Chatham Square Lodging House took in between two and 300 newsies a night. Wow. I mean, how's that not in the paper? <laughs> That's the story. The newsies are the story. <laughs> extra, extra, read all about me. <laughs> I'm living in shit. If a kid was working, he'd hand over uh, 15 to 25 cents for two meal tickets and a bed. Okay. The, I assume dinner and breakfast. Right? Sure. The minimum amount for a week's board was $1.05. That's the minimum they paid. Okay. And some would drop a coin into a savings bank as they entered. So they had like little slots that they could save their money up. Okay. And it would have their little name on it or whatever. Okay. Wow. Or paw print. I don't know how it worked. Yeah. (laughs) It was a large black uh, iron box with numbered slots assigned to the boys. If they wanted to take money out of the savings they'd uh, accumulated, they just had to ask. Okay. From a New York Tribune article, quote, In every way, the boys are made to understand that the lodging house is not an institution for charity. They pay for work, or they pay or work for all they get. If a lad comes in penniless, he is put to work cleaning windows or scrubbing floors. But this pride soon drives him to get employment since the lads earning money call him a bum. 
Well, he looks at the eight-year-olds and he's like, I got to get my act together. I know, this is ridiculous. I mean, I'm wasting my life away I mean, here. what am I doing? What about I'm my pension? I'm fucking sitting around. I mean, I'm living right? in a safe. I want to get married someday. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, so then he would, you know, get a job because he'd feel pressured. I mean, the best way to to get an eight-year-old oh, yeah. to get a job is to peer pressure. Competitive. With Competitive his, with friends. So people would donate clothes to the lodging houses, but the boys would still have to pay a small amount for a new pair of pants or coat or whatever. Okay. The, so they would get donated clothes, and they'd be like, you got to pay for that. Right. Because we're horrible. Yeah. Just so you know. I want to make a little bit of money. Yeah, well, what are we going to do? Give them away? What am I just um, We it, were giving them. Is this called the free house? Come on. No. It's not called the free house. It's a lodging house, isn't no, it? it's so, different. So I get free pants so and you don't. So go into your little don't. black box and get some quarters. Um, they like to gamble. Of course. They would buy, well, lottery, buy lottery tickets, shoot craps, play pool, poker. Oh, my God. They would carry the necessary paraphernalia for a craps game in their pockets. <laughs> it would took only a few minutes to get a game going on the sidewalk. Dude, that is so weird. It's great. Eight-year-olds. Eight-year-olds. Playing poker. And, poker. Pool. And, and gambling on the street. Right. In a craps game. Sure. They also had to be fighters. Often having to guard a piece of sidewalk where they sold papers. Right. A Park Road Newsie, quote, okay, so this this is what their accents were. This is, I'm going to read verbatim how. And there's only one way to do it. You's got to scrap for it. If a kid tries your butt into your route, if a kid tries ter butt into your route, you's got to knock him out or you'll knock your out. Or the women's. We don't bother. There's a bunch of women's by the bridge that's been there since it was built, and they can stay too. We's got nothing against them. Yeah, well, you're eight. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you... Yeah, we's a leave a women's alone, you noses. Yeah, they ain't got no beef with us, neither. We ain't punching the ladies. We ain't punching ladies. We's eight. We live inside burn safes. When asked what he would do if someone attempted to sell papers on his territory. Oh, boy, I'd butt into them and then punch them with all the fist knuckles I got in my back pocket, yes. Newsboy and boxer Dave Simmons said, quote, if the man can lick me, he can have the place. And that's the case all over. The newsboy has got to look out for himself, and if he's no good, he better quit soon. <laughs> a newsboy will fucking cut you. I mean, these are badass newsboys. These news are terrible, boys. terrifying people. These are terrifying little people. <laughs> New York Herald, quote, Only a few years ago, nine-tenths of the newsboys were of Irish parentage but other elements have come into the business according to the figures given by newsy dave simmons they talk to dave a lot yeah two-fifths are now yeah i'm kind of like the mo the spokesman yeah i keep like uh i keep like a data on uh, on the new an ethnic data on the news i got boys. the metrics i'm like uh 538.com is that what it's called I have no idea i think it is uh so this is what Dave Simmons says. Two-fifths are now Jews, one-fifth Irish, one-fifth Italian, one-fifth blacks, goyles, cripples, old women, fakers, beggars, and such. Uh, I mean, the last cat. It's like, it that's got, not a census count. It got weird at the end. What, what it it is, turned what, into a bummer. What, you want to hear it again? Yeah. 
Uh, blacks, goyles, cripples, old women, fakers, beggars, and such. Goyles? Girls. Girls. <laughs> Girls. <laughs> goyles. The newsies look down on the young newsies who would sit on curbs and yeah, pretend- Yeah, he's five. He don't get it. And pretend to be asleep. Oh, they, wait, they would sit, they would pretend to be asleep to spy on them? No, so someone lay down asleep with crumpled newspapers in their hand and then cry. Like it was like a ploy to get people to buy the paper. They'd be uh, like, <laughs> and then people would come by and buy it oh, and they'd be like, so You ain't waking. Yeah. <laughs> get up and scream. A uh, quote from newsboy Cheeky Wiltz. Uh, no, no, no need for me to jump in there. <laughs> Them kids is a disgrace. They do a cry. I lost my panty act with a sad story, and some of them work so slick that five papers will last them all night. Wow. This is so... Uh... Have you ever seen Lord of the Flies? I think I'm seeing it. <laughs> the Disney version wasn't like... Did you ever see the Disney version of Newsies? I didn't see it, but oh. it sounds not like this at all. No, not at all. Because they're singing. Uh, on October 1st, 1895, the New York Sun reported James Lynch of Brooklyn, who says he has 36000 to give away to charity, gathered all the newsboys around Printing House Square and treated them to supper at Dolan's. Lynch paid a bill of 2840 and fed 211 boys. They were between the ages of 7 and 16. The boys cheered for Lynch and called him Uncle Jim. Okay. This is bad, so the right? leader of the children army. Yeah. It's kind of weird. They're going to go to war. Yeah. It's kind of weird, though. After the meal, he gave each of them a dime. Okay. He also took a handful of coins and threw them on the sidewalk. Okay. Quote, it does my heart good to see the little fellows scramble for the money. <laughs> it's fun to watch them trample one another. Really warms my heart. Oh, my God. If you've ever seen poor boys fight over 25 cents, it is tremendous. Oh, you haven't lived till you've seen a six-year-old roundhouse a ten-year-old for a dime. He then took to the pharmacy to treat them to soda water. At the pharmacy, one of them tried to pick his pocket, and Lynch shouted, quote, See, this chap had his hand in my pocket trying to steal. I have fed him, and this is the way he intends to thank me. He is not fit company for you who are honest. One of the newsies shouted, punch him, and the other newsies descended in on him. Oh, God. A dozen boys <laughs> hit him, knocked him down, and kicked him. He got up and tried to run, but the boys caught him again. Jesus. Finally, Mr. Lynch got involved and released the pickpocket, who ran away. This was a weekly trip for Mr. Lynch. He would weekly go and treat them to dinner? Yeah, Wow. And buy them uh, soda and give them 10 cents. And right. there's no way he wasn't a child molester. Yeah. Right? I mean, he could be lonely Weekly? and want to feel like. Really? Well, but there is. I mean, you I don't know. know. You know what I want? Uh, it's just me. I'm a rich guy. I want to be surrounded by little street boys. Well, I don't think he'd stop a pickpocket. While what it's does lower. that mean? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's like a ploy. What? I mean, he would, you know, there is a chance that if he was a child molester, he wouldn't mind. I'm going to stop. <laughs> but there is also something like I knew a kid. I knew a kid in uh, high school who was always weird. Mm -hmm. And when I didn't see him for a couple of years, I ran into him and he was like the leader of a gang of like 10 year olds. <laughs> and he was like 16. 
And so I was like, not you know, like he would just hang out with like ten year olds. And I think part of the reason was because he was just, he just didn't. He felt very important to a group of people who would just straight up respect the fact that he had age on them, and you know, was like could could have had access to other shit. Uh, I, you know, so it made him feel popular, I guess. I'm just so saying we don't need to assume that he's a child molester. Well, look, he probably was. I mean, good <laughs> lord, yeah, this is the dollop, but. Uh, <laughs> Still, there is, you know. I just don't believe anybody does that with 211 boys. Look, okay, I love Oliver. He's basically swimming in a sea of street boys. Well, (laughs) all right. You're, You're one person. You're surrounded by 211 boys. 211 boys. Uh huh. Just think about that. Sounds kind of cool. Okay. I mean, especially if you're throwing dimes. By the 1890s, fight Joseph Pulitzer, mm. the publisher that doesn't ring a bell of the New York Evening World, and William Randolph Hearst, owner of the New York Journal, were engaged in a newspaper war. They engaged in yellow journalism and a sensational type of reporting. Yellow, yellow journalism had five characteristics: shocking headlines in huge print, often uh, of minor news. Lavish use of pictures or imaginary drawings. So far, this is our book. <laughs> use of faked interviews, misleading headlines, pseudoscience, and a parade of false learning from so-called experts. What does this sound? Uh, emphasis on full-color Sunday supplements, usually with comic strips. Dr- dramatic sympathy with the underdog against the system. It doesn't... It, it's not familiar. <laughs> Reporters and readers were not all that concerned with distinguishing among fact-based reporting, opinion, and literature. Fake news. Fake news. Hearst and Pulitzer started paying more and more attention to the Cuban struggle for independence. Cuba was a Spanish colony, and their revolutionary movement intensified during the 1890s. The papers accentuated the harshness of Spanish rule and nobility of the revolutionaries, and they sometimes printed rousing stories that were totally false. Okay. Well. Cheers. Cheers to progress. Mm -hmm. Uh, The coverage sold a lot of papers for both publishers. An artist for Hearst paper recounted an anecdote about when he telegrammed Hearst to tell him all was quiet in Cuba and, quote, there will be no war. He claimed Hearst responded with, quote, please remain. You furnish the pictures and I'll furnish the war. So he was ready for war. I'll furnish the war. I'll furnish the war. I'll furnish the war. At least that's You'll need love seats. That's not happening. When he says furnish, he doesn't mean... No. Okay. We need drapes. No. Okay. On How February- about an ottoman? No. End tables, anyone? On February 15th, 1898, an explosion sunk the U.S. battleship, the Maine, in the Havana Harbor, killing 268 men. Both papers pointed the finger at the Spanish. An investigation... Blamed a mine, but did not know who was responsible. But by then, people were fired up. This is just, it it gets very difficult to constantly hear the same shit we're doing. No, you think? Uh, Yeah. In early May, the Spanish-American War had begun. And, of course, paper sales shot up. Right. 
Several publishers raised the cost of a Newsboy bundle of 100 papers from 50 cents to 60 cents. Oh, that's garbage, mister. Right? Yeah. So now that's that's 10%. Less money for us. Boy, I'm going to end up living in that safe again. Mm. The San Francisco Call, 1898. Quote, that William Hearst deserves to be placed in irons and sent under armed escort to the nearest precision prison is a plain matter of fact unless he can establish the plea of insanity he merits the reward of the traitor he is the yellowest of yellow journalists Hearst writes but fails to think since the opening of the war much misinformation has been sent out of Cuba and many correspondents have wired ridiculous tales but to the present nothing so senseless has been forwarded to this country as Hearst's editorials Maybe the Cuban heat has poached the brain of the editor-in-chief of the journal. He has no friends loyal enough to kick over his ink pot and counsel him not to be an ass. Good men are being killed every day. Similar, similarly, Mr. Joseph Pulitzer publishes the nastiest paper he knows how in order to admonish. Well, to progress. Mm-hmm. So it is just a matter of stoking the fear and anger of... Yeah, it turns out it's really easy. Yeah, it turns out. At least it's gone. The Spanish-American War lasted 10 weeks. Pulitzer's secretary recorded that the newspaper war cost his newspaper an estimated $8 million during its battle against the journal. Okay, so it's it was a, a bad money. move. Well, I guess so. After the war was over, the Evening World and Evening Journal would not reduce their price from sixty cents to fifty cents. But stuff was less interesting. Yeah, they're not selling as many papers, but they're not reducing their the price that went up because of time for something to happen. The price had gone up sixty cents when the war started. Now that was over, the papers were not in great demand, and the newsboys wanted it back down to fifty cents. They could only make twenty five cents a day at current prices. Other newspapers had lowered their price. Okay. On July 21st, 1899, the newsboys went on strike. Okay. <laughs> the cutest strike ever. Uh, right? Adorable protest. I'm on strike. Don't read all about it. <laughs> yeah. Like that? What do we want? Lots of stuff. When do we want it? Christmas. Mm, that's shitty. Well, they're not buying them. They're, they buy their... They buy their own stuff. They don't have parents, so they're not. Yeah, but they want money. I don't think newsies believe in Santa Claus. I don't think they believe in much of anything. That's true. Death and taxes. They're the only two short (laughs) things. Yeah. Um, The next morning, 300 newsies gathered in Park Row near the main distribution centers of the two papers. The boys created an arbitration group, but it was denied any real discussion. So strange. Okay, so these guys are going to arbitrate for us. Here's our team of lawyers. They're 11. Would you uh, Would you like to talk to... No. Okay. All right. So the boys decided that, quote, the time is overripe for action. Oh, boy. Jack Sullivan was their leader. He said, quote, they think we're cravings, but we'll show them that we ain't. The cops won't have no time for us. What is the sense of the meeting? Is it strike? Sure, half a dozen voices piped up. Well, then the strike is ordered. There must be no half measures, my men. If you seize anyone selling the wild or the joinal, swat them. 
Swat you mean swipe the papers? Sure, tear them up, throw them in the river, any old thing. If there's no further business, the meeting's adjoined. The group heard Sullivan's words and quickly moved throughout the city, searching for any newsboy who decided to defy the strike and sell papers. Oh, God. What? I'm worried that a boy is selling papers somewhere. <laughs> of course he is. Oh, God. New York Sun. The newsboy strikers so thoroughly controlled the situation that it was all but impossible to buy an extra on any of the downtown streets. In Park Row, the man who asked for one was likely to be hooted at as a scab, if not made the target for rock throwing. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> hey, can I get a paper? What the fuck? Uh... It was a tie-up so tight as to make the streetcar strikes ridiculous in comparison. Okay. <laughs> so they're bringing it. Yeah. I mean, eight-year-old, ten-year-olds, eight, ten-year-olds on strike is a fucking nightmare. It's also a really weird thing to see. Oh, super weird. Children seem to be on strike generally. Yeah. So. I mean, the bad ones. I hear what you're saying. But yeah. the ones that are not uh, controlled. I right. get it. Sure. The ones that are... No, I don't think The ones we're... that should be rounded up. No, now we're definitely saying different things. Are you sure? Absolutely. The ones that are out playing in a park are deserve to be Rounded different up things. Absolutely different things. A thing. Different things. So you think they should be allowed to be free and not yes running around? Yes. Children. Yes. Have yes. you? How do we get the coal out of the mines? We stop. We stop what? Getting the coal out of the mines. Well, yeah, if we can't round up the children. No, I don't want to. This is circular. To dig this up the is coal. circular. No. I We're not sending not. children down to, to mines to dig up coal. How do we get the coal out of the mines? We send miners down there. No. <laughs> Thank you. No. Thank you. Thank you. No. We, we came to an agreement. No. I enjoy our discussions. I don't. On commerce. Not fun. Uh... The first encounter came when the delivery wagons came to the office to get the early additions. No sooner did the wagons drive up than the air was filled with rocks and the drivers and helpers sent a hurry call to the Oak Street Station for relief. Two very much used up policemen responded. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, boy. Used up. And we're advised by the boys to go to bed. I mean, was and this sleep the first off. time someone said, I'm getting a little too old for this shit? <laughs> That's good. You should say that more often. So they responded, and they were were advised by the boys to go to bed and sleep it off. Go to bed. Hey, Kappa, why don't you go hit the sheets? That's got to be real weird when an eight-year-old is telling you your bedtime. Yeah, it's terrifying. Time to go to bed. Don't eat any sugar, otherwise you'll be up all night, too. Why don't you go home and watch Children of the Corn? Yeah. They were kept busy trying to protect the wagons until word came that the World and Journal had reduced their prices. All right. That caused the boys to rush to the distribution points. But then the boys asked the deliverman if the new price was there to stay, and the deliverman could not answer the question. Mm. A quote. Shout went up. Don't touch the scare papers. They're trying to work us. This... These are sharp children. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> they fucking really are. The six or so boys who had taken the papers. I'm not falling for that three times in one lifetime. <laughs> You're five. <laughs> You are five years old. I ain't no rope. <laughs> the six or so boys who had taken the papers were attacked by the others. <laughs> oh, my. Why would you just? What is the problem? <laughs> it's just so children of the flies. Who's got the conch? Quote, 
pounded and kicked Burn them. Burn the papers with fatty's glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, pounded and kicked them and trampled the papers underfoot. No boy dared touch the forbidden papers. Good Lord. It's good. It's not. It's good. Can they read? Boys? These boys. Uh... I would assume so because they kind of have to read the headlines, right? It just seems like maybe. maybe they don't. I mean, maybe. they're not all that young. Some are a little bit older. Okay. Uh, around 1.30 p.m., 100 newsboys formed a mob and armed with sticks marked mar- marched down. Can you imagine n- seeing n- this? Street. No, it's just crazy. Just seeing 100 children 100, with sticks yeah, pissed. Yeah, terrifying. Terrifying. I mean, I would just be like, oh, well, we're moving. Mm. I mean, I can't stay here. I want to move to Boston. The kids are the tough guys. They shouted and banged their sticks on the ground. Whenever they caught a newsboy who was not with them, they punched him until his nose bled, and then he would join up with the mob. Okay, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> now that I'm bleeding out of my face, I think I'm going to join you, Yeah. Fellas. They swept into the financial district to clear it of scabs. Each one they found, they would attack and tear up their papers. Like, what do you think if you see a mob of kids beat up another newsie and then he joins them? They're getting stronger. <laughs> They're building. They're just growing in numbers. Good Lord. Uh, the Wall Street brokers really enjoyed the strike. Crowds gathered to watch the mob move up and down Wall, Bond, and New Streets. The brokers tossed coins down from their office windows to the boys who scrambled and fought over the money. I mean that. So, now that while terrible, that is a that is a fun game. Probably an American tradition. Yes, yes, yes. So what I've learned is that Wall Street people have always been horrible. Uh huh. Yeah. Because there's nothing better than watching children fight over money. I mean the power yes. that you feel yeah. when you throw a quarter into the street and you just watch a mob of boys. I mean that is boys attack each other. Yeah, again. you're just like, well, I don't, need, I don't need, I'm not eating lunch today. I'm going to play my favorite game, boy coin. This is the most American. Come play boy coin. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most American thing I've ever done. Boy coin. A gang of tenderloin newsboys tipped over a journal newspaper wagon at Broadway and Jesus. 33rd Street at 5 o'clock. Good Lord. Tipped over a wagon. I mean, this is scary. Shit's getting real. Yeah. Milo Green, a 15-year-old newsboy, so some are older. Sure. Tried to sell the band papers in the doorway of the Uptown office of the world last evening. So he's in the doorway of the newspaper building. Selling the papers. But the strikers gathered across the street and threatened him until a woman came along and tried to buy a paper from him. Oh, God. At that point, the strikers ran across the street, snatched the paper from the woman's hands, and tore it to pieces. Oh, my God. Then one jumped on Milo Green, but Hugh Coleman, a lawyer, was nearby. He grabbed Emil, who was the kid, and quote- What a torturous name for a starving child. It's a bad name at that time, What's too. your name? Emil? Emil? What do you want? Emil. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> so Hugh Coleman took a meal and, quote, took him over his knee and spanked him soundly. Shut up. S- children spanking children? No, this is an adult. Adult lawyer. Oh, that's the uh, adult, adult lawyer. Okay, right. Okay. But still. Yeah, it's still quite a, a move. No, but, it, but also it is a child, so you're like. Is it? What? Well, <laughs> is it a child? It's a child. Or is it a man in baby flesh? I mean. It's an it's a it's a child. It's a weathered child. It's a child. It's a it's still a child. It's beyond spanking age. Yes. Yes. But but you as an adult, you're like, well, you spank these things, and then they learn a lesson. <laughs> Not these things. 
The Newsies then attacked You don't Coleman. pet a pit bull the same way you pet, like, a chihuahua. You have different styles. <laughs> They're both dogs. Yeah. But different styles. Yeah. The Newsies then attacked Coleman and beat him until a policeman came and rescued him. Good God. And then Emil How was, was work? Oh, my God, a mama <laughs> boys beat me senseless when I a tried pa- to spank a one. A pack of young ones. Oh, my Lord. Oh. Emil was then arrested. Emil was then arrested. Mm-hmm. The next day... In the most adorable incarceration in history. May I have a meal? Mm. The next day, papers reported every newsboy in the city was now on strike. The final group to join were the newsboys of Grand Central Station. It's mini warriors. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just gang... I mean, that is... Totally. Good Lord. There were between uh, 50 and 75 newsboys who worked around the station and each had his own turf. Okay. Jersey City, Newark. I just love that, that Grand Central Station is broken up into little yeah. turfs. No, it's gerrymandered. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Jersey City, Newark, Hoboken, Manhattan from end to end, and Brooklyn from the bridge entrance to Long Island City are, were overrun with the strikers and plastered with mottos urging the public not to buy the Evening World or Evening Journal newspapers. Okay. So it's fucking shit's gone wide. Right. There's a campaign. Messenger boys then joined in on the strike. The 45 boys who worked at the Postal Telegraph walked out. The next evening, the Newsies held a mass meeting at New Irving Hall. It was called a, quote, remarkable gathering. (laughs) This is so strange to picture. 5,000 boys. Oh, my God. (laughs) 5,000 boys. What does that even look like? Oh, it's not good. Serious boys. Like, come on, guys, we're serious. It's it's terrifying. Oh, my God. Is that same kid still leading? Oh, there's going to be a bunch of different kids now. Okay. They had wanted to have a parade with a band before the meeting. Of but, course. But newsboy racetrack Higgins. <laughs> so I started out at 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, what boys? Racetrack. Oh, racetrack. Uh, I play the ponies. That's my Christian given name. Yeah. <laughs> Racetrack. <laughs> my daddy named me Racetrack. I'm nine. Uh, Racetrack said the chief of police, Devery, refused to give the boys a permit. 2,000 boys came from Brooklyn carrying a huge floral horseshoe, which was a gift from the Brooklyn Eagle newspaper. Okay. Five policemen and a guardsman were there to keep order, but that clearly wasn't enough, so they sent for help. I can't imagine, uh, like, if if there was a meeting of 5,000 children being led by children today, it wouldn't happen. No. There's no way. No fucking way in hell. But instead, the cops are showing up like, we don't want anything crazy to happen. Come on, boys. Come on, nothing weird tonight. Just have your meeting, Uh, kindergartners. So 15 cops responded, but it was impossible to handle the boys. Quote, they were a shrieking mob when the proprietor of the hall refused to open up at 8 because the meeting wasn't to begin until 8.30. They charged the door and smashed it open. Okay, eight, do 8. We'll do 8. 8's eight, fine. 8's fine. fine. You eight guys fine. can come in. 8's fine. Doors are open. It works. I guess 8. And leave whenever. The New York Sun, quote, Among the well-known members of the striking newsies there to state their grievances were Little Mike, the newsboy orator, and Crazy Arborn. 
The strike is now in the hands of an executive committee composed of Jim Gady, Young Monix, Barney Peanuts, Cohen, Crutch Morris, Scabooch. <laughs> I, I can't handle it already. You're going to need to start again. Okay. Little Mike. Oh, crazy. Yeah, just great right away. Crazy Arborn. Insane. Jim Gady, Young Monix, Young. Barney Peanuts. Barney Peanuts. Cohen Crutch Morris. <laughs> Scabooch Wolf. What the hell? Blind Diamond. Blind Diamond? <laughs> what is he, a ski slope? <laughs> Buy your papers and just take them from me. I can't see shit. Blind Diamond. And what was the one before? Uh, Sca- uh, Scabooch Wolf. <laughs> Scabooch Wolf? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Little Mike yelled, no more violence, to which some of the boys replied, oh, certainly not. Mm, sounds like a little sarcasm. Yep. The first speaker of the evening, evening was introduced as, quote, the a lawyer. speaker. A lawyer feller who's got a message for us. <laughs> they just don't have a grasp of society, no. but they're still trying to control it. He said he came as a representative of Assemblyman Charlie Alder. I'm sorry. I think there's been some sort of mix-up. I have a speaking engagement tonight. I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize I was speaking to boys. Yeah, we was the one who hired you. Get up there and tell us all your lawyer stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got stuffs to tell us. To so tell us. All right. Uh, what are we talking about? Throw rocks. No. Throw rocks. Uh, so. The, the lawyer was there to say that Mr. Adler was with the boys heart and soul and that he had sent them his best witches, and then they all applauded. So the alderman's like, I'm with you, these hey, boys. Hey, kids. Awesome. Uh, an ex-assemblyman spoke next and told them to hold out for the 10 cents. Okay. The horseshoe of flowers was brought in. <laughs> a big deal. It's a big A yeah. big thing. And the newsboys were told that the newsboy who gave the best speech would get it. Oh, boy. And they all roared in applause. Okay. I can't wait to get that horseshoe of flowers and bring it back to my stench barn. I have nothing, and that's something. I ought to put that in my safe. Uh, I live in it. Yeah. Then a dozen of the boys started fighting. Oh, God. So they, so they saw the horseshoe of flowers. They wanted they it. Like, I want it. Because they're, they're still fighting. children. The bigger kids bang uh, the heads together of some of the smaller kids and put a stop to it. So they're stooges. Dave Simmons, the president of the Newsboys Union, read a set of resolutions. The last paragraph of the resolutions was addressed to the public, and it read, um, the last one asked the public not to buy the Evening World or New York Journal and asked uh, if the publications would not arbitrate with the Newsboys. Some people were told to buy the Evening Sun, Telegraph, and Daily News who were giving the boys a chance to make a living. Resolutions were adopted. All in favor? Certainly. Opposed? No. Opposite of certainly. Ah, whatever the opposite of certainly is. Simmons then asked the newsies to stop using violence and ease up on the scabs. He was subsequently beaten within an inch of his life. Quote, Bob the Indian then rose to make a few remarks. What? Of course. What? What? I just, I I mean, it's a real who's who. (laughs) Welcome to the nickname convention. I'm here for union and nothing else. So Bob the Indian is a child? Yeah. Is he? Yes. He is Native American. Is he at all? We don't know that. Okay. Probably not. Right. 
I'm here for union and nothing else. I want this strike kept a going until we get what's choking us down. Say, what do you think her says today? He says we can't afford to sell two for a cent. Now, did you ever? Say he says he might cave if the world would give him, but he can't sink first. Honest, ain't that sickening? Now, I'm to tell you that I think we'll win by staying on the level. Well, someone is about to be one flower horseshoe richer. Next, Kid Blink spoke. His early albums are good. <laughs> I do like Kid Blinks. Kid Blinks? Mm-hmm. I got it because I can't I blink because my eyes dry out if not. No, he was blind in one eye. Oh, I did it on account <laughs> of the fact that one of my eyes don't work, so I blink weird. <laughs> he buttoned his shirt, brushed back his hair, and walked up. And was greeted, I don't want to look weird. I was greeted by a storm of applause. Quote, you know me, boys, they responded. Yeah, bet we do. Well, I'm here to say if we are going to win the strike, we must stick like glue and never give in. Am I right? The crowd went into a frenzy, screaming yes. Ain't that 10 cents worth as much to us as it is to Hearst and Pulitzer, who are millionaires? Well, I guess it is. If they can't spare it, how can we? Okay. The kids are winning me over. The kids are smarter than most people today. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if we had this sort of sensibility today, oh, no. the kids are be... like, I understand the power of labor. Yeah, right. And people today are a like, solid strike. I like a job at Walmart. Well, no, because then they'll fire us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we all walk out, then they'll fire us. Yeah, but they won't yeah, be able to but run then, the then store. You have the power. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but if we all walk out, then we won't have a job. No, there won't be a. I like factory. how even our grown-ups have high voices. Now. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to figure out how 10 cents on 100 papers can mean more to a millionaire than it does to a newsboy, and I can't see it. No, boys, I'm going to say like the rest, no more violence. Let up on the drivers, no more rackets like that one the other night where a journal and a world wagon was turned over in Madison Street. To tell you the truth, I was there myself. Look, I'll be honest... I'm not throwing stones in the glass house. I am at some of the speakers. I might have said flip that over and then flipped it over, but now I'm saying let's not do that. All right. Who's with me? Racetrack Higgins of Brooklyn stood up next. Quote, we took up a collection last night and got enough money to hire a band to lead us over here. I went up to Chief DeVay today to get a permit, and what do you think he said? He says, get out, you slobs. Get out, you slobs. <laughs> I told him we wasn't slobs, but honest boys trying to make an honest living, but he wouldn't give up the permit, so we had to leave, and the band had to go home. I that only... band must have been like, weirdest gig ever. What the I, hell was uh, this? I uh, got hired by a bunch of eight-year-olds, and now who it's canceled. Who was our booker? Because I, I told you, no more boy strikes. Unbelievable. That should be a festival. No more boy strikes? Boy strikes. I can only say to you boys to stand firm and we'll win. I ain't made 20 cents this week, but I can stand a heap of that, and so can all the Brooklyn boys. And they all cheered. Next, Hungry Joe Kernan. Oh, has anyone seen a meal? <laughs> the newsboy mascot. <laughs> sang a song about a uh, one-legged newsboy. Stop, Dave, Dave. <laughs> My head's going to pop. Okay. Name again? 
Hungry Joe Kernan. Hungry Joe Kernan. And he is the Newsboys mascot. Uh huh. And he did a song about a one legged newsboy? Yeah. Okay. One of the newspapers called it a pathetic song. <laughs> what? They probably didn't see the paper. So I think what it's do they to care? make everyone sad and make them like. You know, feel for the one-legged newsboy, and yeah. then they go out and fight for the one-legged newsboy. And he's real. I don't know. He could just be a, a like a mythical newsboy. I think he's mythical. <laughs> I find him to be mythical. <laughs> After a couple more speeches, the news uh, the boys left the hall, quote, yelling like demons, and spent the rest of the evening celebrating the successful strike and their great meeting. The next day, the two boycotted newspapers paid men boycott two dollars. To sell papers. Another parent paying men to sell papers. Okay. Only to have 75% of the men quit before they had sold a single one. Wow. The boy... It's... Okay, go ahead. So that's just men taking $2 and then going and drinking. Right, okay. That's basically what cool. that is. Boy, this plan didn't work. The boys did not have trouble persuading the Bowery residents to join them in their strike. Oh, boy. A few men were loyal to their employers and sold some papers, but the Newsies were convinced the papers... Uh, would grow tired of the strike and give in. Right. The Newsboy Arbitration Committee went to the journal office in the afternoon, but the editor refused to see them, and they were chased out. The Newsboy Arbitrators? Right. They just got a bunch of kids together. And they're like, we're the Arbitration <laughs> Committee. No, you're not. You're a group of kids. No, we're arbitrators. Uh, so amazing. They decided to keep up the fight and that they would make no more advances to the journal people. Two world drivers newspaper drivers, and one uh, journal driver quit work because they didn't want to fight with boys anymore. Wow. <laughs> the power of those little fists. Jesus Christ, I just want to stop punching kids. I mean, I'm really, my hand hurts. I'm so, look how, look how bloody my nickels. I mean, they're pretty This fleshy. is all boy blood on yeah. my fists. <laughs> I got to fight my way to a truck every day just punching kids. Ugh. William Reese, a black man, was distributing pamphlets for the striking newsboys at 3rd Avenue and 42nd Street. He was handing them to people passing by. An employee of the Evening World newspaper was sent out to find a cop to have Reese arrested. Quote, Don't you see what he's doing? They're advertising about the paper telling people not to buy it. The policeman then took Reese to the Yorkville Police Court. The newspaper wanted him charged with conspiracy. Well, how? For handing out flyers saying don't buy the paper. Is that a conspiracy? Not, at, not even remotely. Yeah. It's not okay. even anything close to a conspiracy. Right. I believe it's called free speech. I believe it should be. Which is a ironic thing for a newspaper. Is it? <laughs> he was finally charged with violating a corporate ordinance. Reese said he did not think he was breaking any law. Because he wasn't. And the magistrate warned him not to do it again and discharged him. Oh, and, and discharged him? Yeah. Okay. Well, but they did whatever. Five men were selling uh, the forbidden papers at 125th Street and 3rd Avenue at around noon when 300 striking newsboys attacked. Got the papers. Run, 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 run. They took the papers and tore them up, filling the streets with fragments. They then chased the men onto trolley cars and the platform uh, platforms of the elevated roads. At 125th Street and 8th Avenue, they chased away six men and destroyed their stock. They found eight men at 116th Street and 8th Avenue and tore up their papers and chased them off the corner. Mickey Fischler, a 12-year-old boy, okay. was part of a crowd of newsies beating some non-union boys who were selling papers at 5th Avenue and 23rd Street. 
A policeman caught Mickey and took him to the magistrate where he was fined $1. Mickey paid it and left crying. (laughs) What else you got? Oh, the crying. That is so... Well, they're boys. I know. It's so... Like, it truly... It's hard to not focus on the fact that this is funny and that they're totally adults. But they, they, they're boys. They're kids. Like at the end of the day, when they're I not mean, a mom, yeah, it's a little and kid. there's an authoritative figure threatening you. I mean, yeah, you get like, sad. Oh my yeah, God, I, I just wanted them. They were punching them, and I hit them. Oh, that is so amazing. <laughs> Crying. Poor at, little scamps. At one o'clock, there was a demonstration in front of the world and journal offices by a couple hundred newsies. Some carried banners. They whistled, yelled, and hooted until two detectives were sent to scatter them. Two of the ringleaders were arrested. Later that day, police caught two more boys who were leading a loud gang on Park Row and carrying banners. These leaders were arrested. Three more boys were arrested for fighting that evening. That night, a crowd of boys were throwing rocks at a journal delivery wagon when a stone smashed a glass plate window at a jeweler's store. Don't okay. the jewelers. No. From the New York Sun, quote, One of the crowd of parading newsboys jumped on a 3rd Avenue car at 5th Street and snatched a paper from the hand of an old man. The old man grabbed the boy. The boy explained what was happening, and then the old man apologized and contributed a dime to the strike fund. <laughs> they are very compelling little boys. <laughs> That's insane. A mob of several hundred striking newsboys found two piles of worlds and journals at a newsstand on 2nd Avenue and 42nd Street. Okay. They charged the stand, tipped it over grabbed the papers, and tore them into little strips. Wasn't there a point where they were, they said they were going to be less violent? Well, I mean, they're not... Hurting people? Yeah, it's just property destruction. Okay. I don't That's think just... property... Dis- I don't consider property destruction to be violence. Okay. I consider it to be a, a reasonable <laughs> attack on predatory capitalism. Okay. Uh, well, listen, don't paint me on the other side of that asshole. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Uh, then they ran through the streets yelling in triumph and threatening to do the same to anyone selling or buying worlds or journals. A policeman tried to disperse b- the boys, so they attacked him, throwing sticks, stones, and old cans. He stood as long as he could. Use and- words! Use <laughs> words! <laughs> he retreated to a nearby store. Among the things thrown at him was a bar of iron six inches long. Man. That's yeah. long. In the evening, 500 newsboys marched up 3rd Avenue in Harlem and destroyed every copy of the World and Journal they could find. The boys then marched... Was the, was the main story not psycho newsboys hate papers? No, I mean, they, was that when I, I was in no, the papers they, they, they had a blackout against Yeah, them? they're just not printing that it's happening. Right, they're okay. Just, um, the boys marched west to 8th Avenue and continued plundering. They found 10 men who were selling the papers, and the police had to get involved before the men could escape. A few days into the strike, Joseph Pulitzer sent a telegram to his secretary. Quote, Situation serious but improving. The journal will not cut price. Dealers beginning to take the world again. 344 special men put out today to sell. Damage to circulation is, is sorry 80,000. Much rioting. Police have taken up matter actively. I think that's what he won the Pulitzer Prize for. Yeah, no, it's very well written. On July 26th, newsies in Trenton, Yonkers, New Haven, Connecticut, Troy, Mount Vernon, and other cities formally joined the strike. On July 28th, a week after the strike began, the news dealer union decided to support the newsboys. Members were told not to handle the boycott of papers 
and to tell readers not to buy them. Quote, the publishers of these papers could very well afford to sell their papers at 50 cents a hundred before the Spanish-American War and only for the reason of the increased demand for papers in a time of war raised their prices, thereby simply taking advantage of the poor boys. Right. So other people are coming around. Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. Oh, sure, surely. How could it not? Well, I think there's a certainly a... Have you a been way. to America before? I have. Everything works out well. I don't believe it does. Then the evening and uh, New York Journal offered free papers to boys who would sell them. Mm. That's going to be tough. That's going to create some scabs. About 100 newsies following the lead of Kid Blink. Oh, my God. He's got one eye. Yeah. Took them up on it. Each boy was loaded with the papers, free from the publishers. As soon as the boys had taken all the papers that were to be given away free, they started destroying them. Oh, boy. <laughs> the <laughs> These papers are like, all right, we don't trust kids anymore. Oh, God. I mean, this is Children just, are horrible. They're very good. The boy, aren't they good? They're very good. For that age? Yeah, really yeah. fucking shrewd. Yeah. The boys entered into a competition to see who could tear up his bundle of free papers first. <laughs> okay. Within a few minutes, Park Row and the surrounding area was covered in torn bits of paper. New York Tribune, quote, The distribution of these papers caused something like a riot in Park Row. The sweepers of the street cleaning department were called out to clean up. The torn papers filled Frankfurt Street to a depth of six inches. Wow. So it snowed? Well, it snowed paper. Yeah. Paper pieces. That's crazy. Kid Blink was arrested and locked up on a charge of disorderly conduct. Kid was bailed out later and came out saying he would lead the strike with renewed bitterness. Okay. It's a hell of a thing for a child to say. Well, these aren't children any longer. I'm going back, but I'm going back, voice. (laughs) But things were turning against Kid. Word was out that he'd accepted a bribe from one or both papers to end the strike. Oh, boy. What? Kid blink. Hmm? Stop it. Kid Seems like he's blind in both eyes to the cause of his fellow child, in my opinion. He's got a blind eye of justice, if you ask me. This kid can't... Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> this kid showed up the next day in a new suit. Hey, everyone. You know, I was thinking earlier, maybe we are being too hard on the newspapers, huh? Anyone for a toothpick? No one had ever seen a newsboy in a new suit. Oh, come on. I had this money a long time ago. And he had a large roll of bills. Hey, come on. Take a hundred. Shut the fuck up, would you? I ain't taking money from nobody. Come on. The same charge was made against several other leaders, and suddenly the strikers were fighting amongst themselves. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, you just beat up any kid in a suit. Yeah. It was said that agents from the newspaper were hanging around Park Row with large sums of money at the going rate to buy a newsboy, uh... It was $150. To buy a newsboy? Yeah, to buy him off. Okay. For, for, you mean, okay, right. Okay, gotcha. Right. Kid Bank was quoted at 200 Kid Bank? Kid Blink, sorry. Okay. Was quoted at 200 in a new suit of clothes. So he got $200 in a new, new suit. New suit, right. <laughs> I mean, they're children. <laughs> yeah, they're children. Hey, you guys want lollipops? New York Tribune, July 30th, quote, internal dissensions and doubt 
have had the inevitable effect upon the striking newsboys, though many of them still asserted yesterday that the fight would be continued. The Journal and World were being sold on the street again more than any time since the strike began. Those boys still on strike were upset, and their faith in their own vi- strike leaders was visibly shaken. Well, you can see why, because they're walking around in, in yeah. fucking new suits. Yeah, no, you would be shaken. Hey, I got a zoot suit. What are you guys doing? Uh, getting pissed going? at your zoot suit. Have you seen, my, have you seen my, my crown? I got a new crown. Yeah, it's great. A crown. I'm King Kid. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on strike, but I got a brand new I'm suit. I'm the royal blinkness. Hey, look at this roll of cash. Uh, How about that? Uh, yeah, I'm on strike. Yeah. So... Uh, right. Oh, so the Journal and World were being sold on the street again more than uh, any time since the strike began. The boys still on strike were upset with their own leaders. There were fewer attempts to use violence to stop the scabs. Fewer? Fewer attempts. The energy was sucked out of the boys as they watched their leaders defect. But they still held out hope because news dealers associations had taken up the cause. Another mass meeting was held, and the scabs were denounced. One newsboy, quote, They are mostly Italians and the sons of foreigners. Now it's all Trump. They're going full Trump. What, but what, why do Italians get to be separated? <laughs> I didn't really think about it. Is it what's the sort of weird, arbitrary... Uh, yeah, They're either yeah. Italians or not from here. Okay? <laughs> think about it. We got people from other nations and Italy <laughs> here. <laughs> They're willing to work for nothing. They are fly by nights here today and at Coney Island tomorrow. Yeah. Most of us. Where po- kids belong. <laughs> where, where kids should absolutely be. Most of us boys have regular. He ain't focused on the cars. He's playing skee balls. Have you been down a cyclone? He's crazy. It's a great roller coaster. Uh, come on, you, you're eight now. Your roller coaster days are over. How about Nathan's hot dogs? No, you're eight. You're, you've seen you're the too f- old. You've seen the freak show? Mm-mm. Cyclone? Look, I got a wife and two kids at home. <laughs> you're 13. I'm aware of how old I am. <laughs> I am fully aware of how old I am. You shouldn't. How'd you make a baby? Two babies. Well, I'll, I'll explain that to you when you become nine, my friend. I'll tell you the birds and the beasts. Good how Lord. How old's your wife? Huh? I mean, I've always liked older women. What? Yeah, I do. I like older women. She's 14 and a half. Sometimes I think it's too big, though. She, you know, the stuff we just don't talk about the same stuff anymore. She's kind of just, she doesn't want to go out anymore. Yeah. It's tired. Yeah. Ever since we had the two kids, stuff in the bedroom isn't great. Of course, I mean jumping on the bed, which is what we do in there. Yeah. We're teenagers. I anyway, ma- when are you going to settle down? I masturbate when I think about dogs. Disgusting. Unbelievable. It's like puppies. I just like puppies. Okay, you're not, this is not a child behavior. Then- <laughs> I'm out of here. And then I get erection. I'm running. But I want to. I'm running really fast. I want to be married like you. Nope. You don't have the lines. What? You don't have good lines. <laughs> don't lead with the masturbating dog bit. What about I like dogs? Better. And coming. No, worse. I'm running. I'm just kidding. I can't come yet. Okay. Hi. Bye. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, Coney Island. 
Most of us boys have regular corners and regular trade. There's one class of boys I don't blame for scabbing. These are the poor fellows who have no homes. They are not to be blamed if they do anything to make a few cents. So they're clearly weakening. Yeah, there are there are uh, cracks no, developing. Yeah. yeah. On July 30th, the New York Herald reported that Kid Blink was not in the city the previous day. He had gone to Coney Island for much-needed rest. Can you imagine reading your paper? And it's saying some of the shit that you just said. Oh, how did you hear that? Kid Blink's in Coney Island is exhausted from the boy strike. <laughs> Racetrack Higgins showed up. Hey, everyone. At Park Road to defend himself. Quote, they say I got 300 for selling out. Do I look it? Why, here's me trousers, fringe like shawls, and weighted four pounds less than a straw hat. Look at me, shoes full of holes as a sand sifter. You think I'd give up me floral horseshoes for 75 cents? What the hell? Wait, did he win the Wait, floral horseshoe? Wait, he hush? won it. He did. Do you think I'd give up me floral horseshoe for 75 cents if I was getting 300 cold plunks from the influence? He sold his horseshoe? This is the greatest sentence that's ever been read on this podcast. I'm going to say it again. Do you think I'd give up me floral horseshoe for 75 cents if I was getting 300 cold plunks for me influence? Cold plunks. Gotta start using cold plunks. How many cold plunks I owe you? Good God, he'd give up his floral horseshoe. Cold plunks. I guess I'll pod ways with my floral horseshoe. Floral horseshoe. 75 cents. I mean, that's a pretty good offer. That's a fair offer. A newsboy named The Colonel gave a description of... (laughs) Newspaper agents trying to woo one of <laughs> the, the leaders. Well, they didn't get they, well. They didn't get Dufty. Okay. This this morning, an automobile drives up to Dufty's house, and there was two guys smoking cigars and throwing their chests out to beat the band. Is Dufty in? They asked. I told them that it wouldn't do them any good to see Dufty, for he couldn't be bought. We insist, says one of them, and then Dufty comes down to the sidewalk. What are your plans, Mr. Dufty, says one of them. What do you propose to do today, Mr. Dufty, says the other guy. Then they offers him stacks of long green. Dufty said he would starve rather than do honest boys out of their jobs. So after an offering all kinds of money, they whipped up their automobile and coasted down the street. Good work, Dufty. Fucking Dufty. I love Dufty. He's one of the best. Yeah, he's the best. Puts Butler said he was. Uh, uh, Dave, can 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 I just ask a question just for the rest of this? Are there any more normal names? I don't think there ever were. There's not any so far, but are there any coming up? I doubt it. Okay, all right, good to know. Puts Butler said he was offering five hundred dollars. I mean, I can't even. Puts Butler was offered five hundred dollars to stop striking. Yet Oliver Park Row. There were crisp new bills. Cross-Eyed Joe understood the boys taking money. <sighs> Was there tension between Cross-Eyed Joe and Blinky? <laughs> I'm the eye kid. <laughs> I wish I could see you. I'd punch you in the face. Well, I wish there wasn't two of you and I knew which one to punch. Hold up a popsicle stick. It helps me focus. Okay, here's two of them. I can't God grab them. God damn it! Quote, what do you expect? How do you think a man can live? Suppose he don't bring home any house money. Why he gets beaten and jumped on when he gets home. I gotta take home six dollars a week house money. 
Ain't that 10 cents on 100 just as good to me as it is to anybody else? Oh, my God. I am 12. I am 12. On July 30th, the Harlem Newsboys Union held a meeting in Columbia Music Hall. The meeting was attended by around 1,000 people, newsboys and their friends. The last speaker was Henry Butler, also known as Major Butts. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I can't believe an hour ago I didn't know there was a child named Major Butts. All right, next up, Major Butts is going to Corporal Balls. <laughs> Major Butts was the president of the of the uh, Harlem Newsboy Union. He said he was offered six hundred dollars to call the strike off, but he refused, saying that he would not accept one thousand. Okay, so that means he'd take eleven hundred. That right. he's basically saying, "I'll take yeah a little bit more." Well, he was probably like, "I mean, that sounds good, but Major Butts." After the meeting, the boys paraded the streets, blowing horns and shouting. Oh my God! On <laughs> I gotta move. On August, I can't take these boy bands. On August first, three news boys said they were stopped in the street by Kid Blink. Kid said the newspapers were ready to sell them evening papers at fifty-five cents a hundred. All papers returnable at half price. Okay. The boys followed Kid up into the circulation office of the World. The paper manager asked them, quote, now, boys, this strike is hurting both you and us, and we want to settle it. Will you take 300 to stop it by 6 o'clock tonight? The boys refused to sign an agreement, so the manager walked over, shoved a $10 bill into one of their hands, and said, quote, that's on account. Then the detective burst through a side door and said, you're all under arrest. Oh, my God. This is what happens. Uh, I mean, but that's not even proper entrapment. Well, he's got the money in his hand. Yeah, but he, like, threw it in there. <laughs> Welcome to justice. Yeah, I will. It's good to be here. The paper said the boys came to the office and demanded 600 to settle the strike. The three newsboys were taken before a magistrate and sent to the tombs on charges of extortion. Sent to May- the tombs? Yeah. That's, that's like, prison. In okay. Yeah. Uh, so the paper charged them with extortion. Okay. they ch- Right, okay. Joseph Pulitzer's headline was, quote, August 1st, blackmailers try to profit by strike. Demand 600 on threats of forcing the newsboys to revive the boycott. All are known as speculators. Pulitzer alleged these type of speculators organized the strike and intimidated the newsboys. Quote, the speculators instigated the strike and intimidated the boys who, were re- who really were anxious to sell papers. Now that the strike has fizzled out, the speculators were anxious to make a stake out of it. They got money from other newspapers while the strike was on. It is said a committee got $30 from the Evening Telegram besides posters and banners announcing the boycott. Another committee is said to have received $10 from the Evening News with which to buy banners and hire a brass band. (laughs) The New York Tribune, too, is said to have contributed $10 to help along... The boycott and attending disorder. Okay. It's now Pulitzer's conspiracy. Now he's... Right. Right? Yeah. He's doing exactly how you get a Pulitzer. Right, yeah. Why did this prize get named after him? I didn't, I will have to look that up. Uh, okay. I did not think to look that up. Because after this, I was like, well, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. The next day, the New York Tribune said the strike was over. Quote, 
The newsboys boycott against the world and the journal seems to be at an end. Nearly every boy downtown is now handling the newspapers that were boycotted. The reason for the change, the boys say, is that they are permitted to make full returns on all unsold papers at the end of the day. Okay. So the newspapers didn't give them the 60 cents, 50 but, cents. But they are allowed to, to sell, sell back the, the papers. Pay. So back. they did win right. a that, battle. And it, and mean, that would potentially, I mean, I guess it's hard to figure it out, but well, that would potentially be a better. I think I think if you, probably monetary, a better deal, especially right. if they're putting on more editions. Yeah, of right. Uh, so now James Pulitzer would reframe the strike. Pulitzer's paper kept pumping out articles. One came out explaining the paper only made five-tenths of one cent per copy while the delivery department got one-tenth of one cent, but the newsboy get four-tenths of one cent for every copy sold. Quote, almost as much simply for holding the paper in his arms as the world's get to pay its union workers, editors, artists, photographers, pressmen, and white ink paper, ink news cable, and telegraph tolls. Okay. So, so he's, he's... It's fucking Jealous horseshit. of the boys. No, but it's fucking lie. There's no way that the boys are making more money than right. everybody in the fucking business. Right. The paper claimed newsboys made 2 to $3 a day on, on a regular day and 4 to $6 on big news days, and the boycott was created by rival newspapers. Quote, there is no strike of newsboys at present. The unorganized movement led by those who hope to gain public confidence by lying about their successful rivals long ago collapsed. Uh, so that was it. So the newsboys won, but then the newspapers framed it like they that were they had... evil greedy and they lost. Right. Well, that's hard when you can control the rhetoric. Yeah, we going up against newspapers is like you can win, but you'll lose the PR battle, right? Right, because they have the power of dictating what people will think. Yeah, <laughs> quite a powerful position if you really think. Well, about at least they're at least they handle it well. You know what I mean? I I can't imagine being so grown up at such a young age. I guess it's circumstance based, but it's still so. Reminds me of what I went through. I gotta go. You know I'm from Marin. I right? have to go now. Marin County. Yeah, nice area. Well, nice. Yeah. What did you do as a kid there? <sighs> uh, tennis. Sounds tough. Um, soccer. Sounds really tough. We'd ride uh, our mountain bikes up in the hills. Oh gosh, how did you even? Sometimes uh, my my mom wouldn't come home till like five. Uh, oh uh, god! Work. Oh, so you were almost a latchkey. Yeah. Good lord, Dave, you've been through enough. You're basically the newsie of today. Our cat died. Recently? No, I think I was. I think I was fourteen. Well, nobody can tell you the timeline for grieving. But that, but that's like. Like, so I get childhood. Well, guys, uh, this is an episode of The Dollop. Uh, we say cars. I get their pain, you know what I mean? I get. I understand suffering. Sure, sure. I'm signing off. Uh, we recorded tonight at the All Things Comedy Studio. Uh, I'm English with a Welsh name. Uh, All from, Things Comedy so has a lot Gar of great podcasts on. Uh, I am from Garbage People, technically, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, All Things Comedy has a lot of great podcasts. Check them out. Uh, we want to thank Aaron for helping us out in the studio this evening. And uh, it's lovely to be here. We signed cars. R.I.P. Jose. We're going to miss you, buddy. What? 
Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 